Hi, this is Dan. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I trust that it will encourage you and build your faith. If you'd like to connect with us further, our website is revivalnow.com, and you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Revival Now Dan Steep. We have the Revival Now app that you can download at your Play Store, and if you use Roku, you can find us on Creo TV. Enjoy the podcast and share it with a friend. Hi, welcome to Spiritual Talk. I'm Dan Steep, and this episode's being brought to you by Valara with Active Pure Technology. If you'd like to know how you can get an FDA-approved, NASA-used technology in your home, business, or car that reduces 99% of airborne and surface pathogens, including mold, fungus, bacteria, including staph, and viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, email infoforvalara at gmail.com. Well, thanks for joining me for this episode. We're going to be looking at uh, what is Paul's thorn in the flesh? What was Paul's thorn in the flesh? This is a very uh, important question to ask and to answer. What was Paul's thorn in the flesh? As we look at that, we're going to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. I'm going to read that from the New Living Translation, that is 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Even though I've received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time, he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weaknesses. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The reason it's important to ask and answer the question about what was Paul's thorn in the flesh is that throughout the centuries, people have used this very passage of Scripture to justify every physical, emotional, spiritual, or relational, or even financial problem that they encounter. They say things like, that's just my thorn in the flesh. And when we're able to basically equate whatever problem that we have in life to the Apostle Paul's thorn in the flesh, then we're then at that point, we're able to basically say that uh, whatever you're dealing with in your life is just your lot in life, and you're supposed to just accept it and be okay with it, even if it's not what God really has for you in your life. So let's really look at this passage of Scripture and Paul's thorn in the flesh. Where did 
Paul's thorn in the flesh come from? Well, we're answered in the passage of Scripture very clearly here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. He says in verse 7, To keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. Now, the word messenger comes from the Greek word angelos, from which we get angel, angel or messenger. Uh, angelos is a person, this, this messenger, a person, a demonic spirit, a fallen angel, but it's never sickness and disease. And there's a, there is a, a camp of people within Christianity that basically say that sickness and disease is something that God gives you to keep you humble or whatever their, their reason might be. But the word angelos, translated angel or messenger, is always either a person a demonic spirit or a fallen angel is never, ever in Scripture translated. It's not even possible to translate it as sickness or disease. It, this is a demonic messenger. This is where Paul's thorn in the flesh came from. It's a demonic messenger, someone or something that was sent to hinder his ministry. It's not a messenger from God. People get this scripture twisted, and then they'll say that, that their sickness or disease is something that God gave them. But Paul defines his thorn in the flesh as a messenger from Satan. Not sent from God, sent from hell itself. Now, what was the purpose of Paul's thorn? Well, he, he continues to define that and give us that answer in the same verse, in verse 7 of 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He said that the, the purpose of this thorn in the flesh was to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. Why would Satan send a messenger to torment the Apostle Paul. Because Paul made Satan nervous. Satan saw in the Apostle Paul and his ministry a lot of potential. And he found him to be someone who was important to oppose. And when you think about that, only Christ exceeded the Apostle Paul in the New Testament when it came to miraculous workings. In fact, in Acts chapter 19, verse 11, it says that God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. Verse 12, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out from them. This is the Apostle Paul. He worked unusual miracles. Now, I happen to think that any miracle is unusual in that it defies the laws of nature. 
But there was something about the ministry of the Apostle Paul in which it was said that his miracles were unusual, extraordinary, the King James says. Extraordinary miracles were wrought at the, by the hands of Paul. So because there was no moral flaw in the Apostle Paul's life that Satan could leverage, he sent a messenger from Satan to, to, in King James terminology, to buffer, buffet him. That is a, uh, it communicates the idea of, of multiple continuous blows to buffet him, torment him, oppose him, limit him, or even if Satan had his way because he's the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy to eliminate the Apostle Paul. Now, the word thorn comes from the Greek word scallops, and it is defined as a dangerously sharp or spiked tool or instrument. It's the same word used for stake. It's not necessarily small, but it's a word that evoked great fear in those who used the word or listened to it. Now, two times Paul said it was to keep him humble or to prevent him from becoming proud or exalted above measure. The Apostle Paul, in Acts chapter 9, he had a supernatural encounter with God on the road to Damascus. And in that encounter, we read that the Apostle Paul was handpicked by Jesus. This is someone that God looked at and saw such potential in that he was handpicked. This is what the scripture says. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentile kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Paul was handpicked by God. God saw something in the Apostle Paul's life that was, in fact, extraordinary. He worked, more miracles were worked by his hands than any other person in the New Testament saved Jesus himself. He's credited with writing one-third of the New Testament. And for these reasons that I'm sharing with you, that Satan sent this messenger to buffet him. That was the purpose of this thorn in the flesh. So let's talk about what this thorn in the flesh was not. Before we talk about what the thorn in the flesh is, let's talk about what it was not. Now there are some common assertions, which are really just speculations. Speculations by people, just man about what the Apostle Paul's thorn was, sometimes these speculations are driven by people's theological bent that they, that, that they already have about who God is and what he's capable of doing and all of those kinds of things. And so some common assertions or speculations were that he had a chronic eye disease. 
And it's really a stretch, but you can read in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 15 about, you know, you could see as you read it, in fact, let's just go there. It's really, it's really a stretch, but nonetheless, uh, rather than just taking my, my word for it, we'll read in Galatians chapter 4, verse 15. What then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear you witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. So that's it. From that, some people have speculated that he had a chronic eye disease, he had eye problems, something like that. There's also a, a passage of Scripture in 2 Timothy verses four or chapter 4, verses 14 and 15. That's 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 14 and 15, where the, it talks about someone named Alexander the coppersmith who opposed Paul and, and really was sort of a, a thorn in his side, and some people have thought that Alexander the coppersmith um, is, the, is Paul's thorn in the flesh, but the reason that he's probably not the thorn in the flesh that Paul is referring to is because he didn't fo follow the Apostle Paul throughout his ministry journeys, in his missionary journeys. Uh, he, he opposed him when he was with him, but this is, would not be considered a messenger from Satan to oppose him that, that he dealt with throughout his ministry and his missionary journeys. Now, another reason that we can understand that, you know, uh, what Paul's thorn was not, was it was not sickness and disease, which some people commonly assert. It's purely speculation. But when we look at uh, the New Living Translation, uh, which I've been reading from in our primary text here, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10, the New Living Translation is very consistent at this point with the New American Standard Bible, which is considered by most to be the most scholarly uh, translation of the Bible that we have. And when we look at it, sickness and disease in the New American Standard, in the King James, it's never used in this passage in any translation. In other words, when we see thorn in the flesh, um, infirmity in this passage of Scripture, or weakness, no translation anywhere ever interprets that word as sickness and disease. And inserting it would really be a stretch. This thorn in the flesh is always translated weakness or infirmity. And weakness or infirmity has two meanings from Greek to English. One is sickness and disease, that's a possibility. And the other is, it's, it's uh, translated as lack, uh, inadequacy, or weakness. Let me give you an example in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Romans chapter 8, 
Verse 26. This, by the way, is still the Apostle Paul. Writing here in Romans, he says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Now the King James says, The Spirit also helps in our infirmities. He goes on to say, For we don't know how we should pray, or what we should pray, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession with us for us, with groanings that cannot be uttered. So this is talking about uh, not sickness and disease, but prayer. The infirmity or weakness is that sometimes we don't know how to pray, and the Spirit makes intercession for us in in helping us in our prayer. So what what Paul's thorn in the flesh was not clearly is sickness and disease. So what was Paul's thorn in the flesh? Here it is. It was a real, persistent attack against his life and his ministry. And it was sent not to make him sick, but to buffet him or batter him with repeated blows. It was an ongoing, persistent attack and opposition against his life and ministry. Let me read again verse 7. Even though I've received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. In Matthew 26 and in Mark 14, prior to his crucifixion, Jesus was beaten or buffeted. In other words, repeated blows that he received. Buffeted is always used to define a a people group or a person that were buffeted or opposed. It's never used, buffeted is never used for sickness and disease. We find in Numbers chapter 33, Joshua 23, Judges chapter 2, we find people in the Old Testament that are described as a thorn in the flesh. So it's a demonic spirit that followed Paul in his ministry. In fact, throughout Scripture, people are far more likely to be um, described as a thorn in the flesh than, than sickness or disease. A demonic spirit followed Paul in his ministry. And when you think about it, and you, you read about the life and ministry and travel and the missionary journeys of the Apostle Paul, he was beaten, he was stoned, he was imprisoned, he was shipwrecked, he was hated, he was betrayed, He talks about false brethren that he dealt with in his life and ministry. In Ephesians chapter 6, the Apostle Paul writes about the reality that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Ephesians chapter 6, let me turn there very quickly. In Ephesians chapter 6, 
I'm going to begin reading in, in verse 10, Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the strategies of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The Apostle Paul understood that as he was beaten, stoned, imprisoned, shipwrecked, slandered, all of those things that happened to him at the hands of man, but the Apostle Paul understood that our struggle's not with flesh and blood. It's not with man, but our struggle is in the supernatural or the spiritual realm. He understood that because he understood his thorn in the flesh to be a messenger sent from Satan, a demonic opposition that, which would use any person or any means that was at his disposal wherever the Apostle Paul was in his ministry. I mean, even religious leaders hated Paul. They hated him with a passion because they felt they saw the Apostle Paul as their up-and-coming star. He, he, was, he had favor in the Jewish religious community. They empowered him to go and uh, persecute the church and even kill Christians. And then he had this supernatural encounter on the road to Damascus. Jesus appeared to him, spoke to him, and it changed his entire life. And now he's the champion for the cause of Christianity, the hated sect or, or religion, the, the hated group of people that were being persecuted by the religious institution of Judaism. He flipped. He left their team. They were betrayed by their all-star. And everything that he did, the, the miracles, the, the successful ministry, the planting of churches, everything that he did, it just triggered them. And so he dealt with false brethren. He was targeted. They sent people specifically to oppose him. That was the Apostle Paul's reality. Let's look at um, some, some of the, uh, the scriptures that really illustrate and talk about this. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That's the Apostle Paul. He also said in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, look at verses 23 through 29. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. I'm more in labors, in labors more abundant, in stripes 
above measure in prisons more frequently. I'm going to read this one from the New Living Translation. Chapter 11, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 29. This will come through a lot clearer. Are they servants of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I've served him far more. I've worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I've traveled on many long journeys. I've faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I've faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I've faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I've faced danger from men who claim to be believers, but are not. I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty, and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then, besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Who's weak? Who is weak without my feeling that weakness? Who is led astray, and I do not burn with anger? One more scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. Just illustrating the Apostle Paul's thorn in the flesh. In everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. We patiently endure troubles and hardships and calamities of every kind. We've been beaten, put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked to exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, gone without food. That was the Apostle Paul's life. He dealt with a constant opposition. He, he was the most fruitful and productive minister in the New Testament outside of Jesus Christ himself, and he did so, all the while being opposed by this thorn in the flesh, this messenger from Satan sent to buffet him and oppose him. Now, this is, this is, we've taken the time to ask and answer the question, what was Paul's thorn in the flesh? Now, why is it important to understand Paul's thorn in the flesh? Let me turn to three scriptures very quickly as I wrap up this episode. Psalm, chap, uh, Psalm 103, the 103rd Psalm. Verses 1 through 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your disease. So here in this passage of Scripture, we're told to bless the Lord with everything that is within us. Because why? He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your disease, and he redeems your life from destruction. This is what our Lord Jesus Christ has purchased for us, to forgive all of our sin and our, our uh, weaknesses, our iniquities, and to heal our diseases. Healing for your sickness and disease 
is available to you. Sickness and disease is not something that God has sent upon you. Jesus gave his life to forgive you of all your iniquities and heal you of all your disease. And if you think that, that Paul's thorn in the flesh was something that was sent from God, that it was sickness and disease, then you're going to have a tendency to embrace that, and you're not going to stand against the sickness and disease as it comes upon your life. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 and 17. That one doesn't seem right to me, so I'm going to go to Luke 16. Gives you both an Old Testament scripture in Psalm 103 and a New Testament scripture in Luke chapter 16, verse 19. Man, I've got problems. I have typos on both of those. So we'll just we'll 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 focus and center on Psalm 103. Jesus gave his life that you would be healed and free of sickness and disease. So don't let anyone tell you that Paul's thorn in the flesh was something sent from God, because it's very clear in the passage of Scripture that it was sent from Satan and not God. And it's also very clear in this passage of Scripture that it was something to uh, torment him and oppose him and his ministry and his life, not sickness and disease that he should accept as something that, uh, like his lot in life that God has given him. So I hope this helps you. I hope that uh, it'll, it'll empower you and embolden you to stand against sickness and disease in all of its forms, in every way, and at all times. Amen. As I do every time that I share one of these episodes, I want to give the opportunity. If you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, there's never been a more important time for you to do that. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And we're getting closer and closer. You see the signs all around us of the imminent return of Christ. So don't put this decision off any longer. Every promise of healing and blessing and prosperity uh, in this book, the Bible, is available to you. It's available to the children of God. If you're born again, every promise and every blessing in this book is available to you. Would you make that decision today? I'm going to offer a simple prayer of salvation. And if you'll pray this prayer out loud after me from a place of sincerity in your heart, you can know for sure that you're saved, you're born again, and you will participate in the great rapture of the church before the great tribulation that comes upon the earth. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So pray this prayer with me and make that confession. Heavenly Father, I admit that I've sinned. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave to give me victory over sin and death. 
I confess my sinfulness. I repent. Please forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me, welcome to the family of God. Please take a moment and go to my website at revivalnow.com. Revivalnow.com. When you go there, you'll find a big red button on the front page of the, new, of the website. Just click that button, and it'll take you to a place where you can do a couple of things. You can view some video resources that I've prepared for you to help you get started in your Christian life. And if you'll fill out your contact information, I'll send some resources to you to help you get started in your Christian life. So go to RevivalNow.com, click I Just Got Saved, and follow the prompts from there. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode. This episode's been brought to you by Valara with Active Pure Technology. If you'd like to know how you can get an FDA-approved, NASA-used technology in your home, business, or car that reduces 99% of airborne and surface pathogens, including mold, fungus, bacteria, including staph, and viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, email infoforvalara at gmail.com. Thanks again for joining me on this episode. Make sure that you uh, tune in as there we will continue to have a new episode coming out every week. So until we see one another again, be blessed in Jesus' name.